0: Thank you And welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. We're back in our regular studio, and uh, man, it was so much fun being on stage for E3. But uh, I'm I'm glad that you're joining us once again for a regular down-to-earth, back-home, and uh, kind of old-school playwright as it is now, and joining us as we kick off our third year. Yeah. We are kicking yeah. off our third year. We've just ended our second year. Haven't missed a week yet, which I feel unreasonably good about. And, uh, we'll see how long we can keep up the streak before both of us get, uh, some sort of, um, disease that would have been preventable in previous ages. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H and I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. We were, uh, just before recording, we were talking about some of our highlights and lowlights from E3, and man, what a show. I mean, obviously, we spent most of the time rehearsing and preparing for our own show. Um, unfortunately, Keanu Reeves had to duck out at the last minute. Uh, we didn't know that he was going to be on stage with Microsoft, and we were so embarrassed. Uh, you know, it just would have been so awkward to send him up on our stage as well after he had uh, made such an impression with Microsoft, so a uh, bit of a shame that we couldn't pull that off but um you know otherwise i think it uh i think it went pretty well you know unfortunately we are going to have to cancel everything that we uh that we announced that's um unfortunate side effect but overall I, i'm still
1: really glad that we did it i think going into next e3 we should probably have a couple conversations with legal beforehand we should probably clear a few things and we should probably register for copyrights um, on basically anything because scrapping this stuff and, and honestly letting go of the, the thousands of people that were under our employ over the past two years, it's never fun, but that's, uh, that's how the video game industry works, you know? Unfortunately, so yes,
0: the mass layoffs and everything are, um, you know, we didn't want to bring that up during E3, but yeah, it's back to just being the two of us, the way that God of nature
1: intends. And
0: you, the listener, intend. That's right. Well, let's get to the video game pitches today. Q, why don't you
1: kick this off with an original pitch of your own today? Today, I want to pitch to you a music or rhythm game where you have a doctor's stethoscope that you can go around and place the stethoscope (laughs) against different objects and animals um, and you can combine those sounds together to make different songs and rhythms, and maybe there's even mechanics where you can excite or calm down animals to change beats per minute and, uh, maybe manipulate objects to get different tones out of them, but, uh, that's, that's the pitch.
0: I will go ahead and start the clock there, then. Well, this is really cool. This reminds me of a couple of other pitches that we've done in the past, one in which it was kind of a Pokemon Go style. AR not really AR but a mobile phone type of game where you go to locations in your environment to yeah f- kind of record the sounds that you hear and make it into a music mix and then you can post that for people to hear when they're in that location again maybe even see if they could reproduce it and then another pitch in which it's like a uh kind of an abstract like a world that you see and then you try to like interact with objects within that world to to make some sort of a musical beat everything is kind of done with rhythm in mind and so yeah this is a uh, ground that um that I'm excited to cover obviously it's stuff that we are very interested in so yeah definitely interested in getting getting into this so the um the main question that I have is the stethoscope serves the purpose of highlighting sound that wouldn't normally be heard by people just kind of like walking around the right. environment um if we're thinking of this as like a 3D type of game or something um, it requires kind of like internal noises, um, so like heartbeats. Obviously, is what it's made for. Maybe the the hum of an engine that you wouldn't really be able to hear that much on the outside of the vehicle that uh, you're approaching. Um, what other kinds of interesting scenarios could we work out that are maybe non obvious sources of kind of internal noise that we wouldn't? Um, I guess we wouldn't think of otherwise.
1: Well, I'm very interested in the way that hitting something against a surface or a vibration of sorts could sound like magnified and potentially blown out, but not not necessarily in the way of like actually hurting your ears or anything, but more the type of the way that a tone can distort itself when held up against those particular things. So maybe there's some mechanic where, you know, being able to place materials or something between you and a particular surface, allow you to kind of garner different sounds and, and tones and shape those tones. But the idea of things having a rhythm either driven by you or driven by nature, I think could be really cool.
0: It'd be interesting if you could interact with the world, but you couldn't play the music yourself. You had to kind of set it up for the world to play the tones. So if you wanted a large piece of metal or a, you know, metallic pipe or something that you see that you would think, oh man, that's going to make for a great, great rhythm. Then you have to like put it in the middle of the road. So a car drives over it or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting, and the, I, I really like the idea of maybe starting with, like, you place yourself, you imagine this is VR for a second, now I've turned the whole thing into a VR picture, mm-hmm. the, you start with, like, standing in a booth, room scale, it's a DJ booth, but you can go around the back of your mixer and unplug... Uh, a wire or sort of plug in a stethoscope to one of the inputs and then you get these incredibly long like transatlantic uh, length stethoscopes that you can just (laughs) go around uh, some sized environment and attach (laughs) to different things so you can have a stethoscope that's like all right that one's way down in that cow in the pasture and this one's over here on a windmill and this one is uh, over here and Kind of be syncing up those sounds in all sorts of different ways, and maybe the the mixer itself allows you to throttle the BPM and kind of do your own sort of sound sound shaping and experimenting with it.
0: I like this. It's almost like like a warrior wear ty- uh, style of uh, thing. You you're maybe a DJ playing a large party or a rave or something, yeah. and you're up on stage. You press this button, and the all these wires kind of like dive underground and emerge kind of in a random little scenes in the world. I've been playing a game called do not feed the monkeys, which I really enjoy. Uh, it, it's a really clever little puzzle game where you're a part of this like secret society that has um, access to all of the world's like webcams and security cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but there's no real, Uh, guarantee that they're going to be like interesting things happening on the other side. So some of them are completely non-interactive. You have like a a security camera that's just looking at like a mannequin display in a shop window or something like that. Um, But some of them are like in people's homes or some of them are in a recording studio where a rock star is recording an album and you can pick up on little details to try to like work out some sort of a grander story or, you know, details that can help you locate where um where they are or you know what they are needing to complete their their goals uh but uh yeah so this idea of these wires kind of emerging in random situations um different locations that seem kind of random and you have to in maybe in a short time span uh because you are up there hosting a party yeah maybe you have to find something interesting to plug them into or to stick them onto, to to all complete like a a more kind of like like a grand beat uh once they're all together so a cow field you can stick it onto the cow or you can stick it onto a tractor to to give you some kind of bassy rumble and uh maybe there's like a light bulb factory and you can stick it onto one of the machines and so all these things and then at the end hearing the um The ultimate fruits of your effort would be very quick.
1: (laughs) You actually got me, I don't know why, but something about that triggered for me. Imagine being able to, as you sort of make the sounds and depending on where you're pulling the inspiration from a sound, it is causing a change in the audience. In some way, and maybe uh-huh. that change is, like, for whatever reason, my brain went Viva Pinata style, and, like, if I want to <laughs> attract, like, dancing cows, I need to make sure that, like, you know, barrels of hay or some barrels, whatever, but bundles bales yeah bales there it is bales of hay are like mic'd up in some way or i've got them like colliding against each other and i'm like shaping that sound into kind of a mm. maybe you know maybe the stethoscope is the wrong thing there and instead you kind of go around with uh with like a little microphone and a recording kit and that, that's that's almost going to another pitch we've had which is like the folly uh sound design game. Yeah, right. But being able to like sample different things inside of a little VR map by pointing your microphone at it for set periods of time could be kind of be kind of interesting.
0: I think and maybe this is just coming out of E3 and seeing that Luigi's Mansion demo being played. Um I I really like that game has that uh like plunger gun. The, yeah. You the suction just kind of stick to things. I think that would be kind of a fun design because if you are If it's just a microphone, then you kind of assume that it's picking up ambient noise all around you. If it's like an actual, like a plunger that you have to stick to one thing, then it makes more sense that we're only
1: sampling that one object in the environment. You must be able to attach something of your own or manipulate something in some way because something like a, you know, the side of a barn, what is its natural tone or rhythm, or does it have one? Um, Maybe it you know, put, picks up a woodpecker or something like that or yeah, or termites know, or something. <laughs> or term, right. Something that is surprising. So I guess you could like kind of purposely program in all these interesting subsounds into all the surfaces and stuff in the world. But I wonder if there's a way to like, take that one step further and be able to exact some, you know, control over the whole thing.
0: That'd be kind of nice. Maybe there's even like a, like some sort of an Easter egg that would emerge from pointing all of the plungers at the ground hearing some sort of like I don't know ancient Cthulhu ritual or something I don't know <laughs> yeah. what would be if, you, if they're yeah. all pointed towards the center of the earth
1: <laughs> yeah I mean or I that it'd be even great to have sections of the ground right like dirt versus mm-hmm. grass versus like a little anthill like get the when you want yeah. like a marching beat, like, oh, ants march, <laughs> right? There we go. So I'll do the marching ants and then I'll come over here and a beehive, get some good like oots, oots, oots out of the beehive or something. I think that, yeah, there's there's fun ways. I guess you could kind of make the whole world itself a little whimsical and give everything, you know, some tie back to a form of music and almost get like a drop mix style feeling to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's all the time we
0: have on that one. Let's close it down and come up with a name. What are we going to call this one?
1: Okay, Uh, I've checked with legal. Okay. I think this is probably not going to be good, so we can't debut this at next E3. But uh, what do you think about Plug and Play? That's pretty good. I like that. There is a game called Plug and Play out there, but it's a very different style, so
0: I don't see people mixing the two of them up.
1: (laughs) Somebody called Gordon Ramsay. Damn.
0: (laughs) The video game that I'm going to pitch today is... Played in uh, short bursts, this is a game where you're kind of put in a room with a bunch of objects, and uh, your world is uh, one where superstitions are actually, like, real, and they they affect things. <laughs> um, which, uh, yeah, I don't know, based on your beliefs, that might be our world. Um, you know, it, it brings me back to uh, when I was traveling in England. Um, my, my friend and I were at a uh, at a pub later in the evening, and there were these kind of drunk guys at one of the other tables that were singing the that were singing the Stevie Wonder song Superstition, and the only other lyric that they knew was Writing on the Wall, which is you know, very superstitious. Writing on the wall, <laughs> dun, 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 and dun, dun, dun. they would, there was maybe one of them that knew other lyrics and would sing like the rest of the verse, and then whenever it came back around to that line that everybody knew like they would all sing that out and it just went on and on and on and on and it's like that line only comes up once in the song like there are other (laughs) lyrics in its place later on and it became very annoying uh but uh yeah when you only know one line of a song uh don't let that ever stop you from from getting out there and giving it your best anyways uh but anyways so you're in this room there's all these objects superstition is real and it's your job to try to kind of use uh, deductive reasoning to figure out in that instance what the superstitions are. It doesn't seem like the right word. It feels like superstition is the belief in the magical force. But I think contextually you get what I'm trying to say. So you're trying to figure out you know, what objects should you not walk under, what objects should you, should you not spill, what objects should you not throw over your shoulder, whatever it is. And, um yeah, and I don't know what the ultimate goal is, but uh you are increasing or decreasing your luck with all of your experimentation and maybe finding some way to use that knowledge contextually. So, not fully formed, that's what we're here for. So, I'm going to start the clock there.
1: I think this is really cool. There's something to this that feels special to me, I think, in terms of being able to... Intuit things. Now, Mike, my, my first question is, are these gonna be based on real superstitions?
0: Not necessarily. I want maybe some like familiar elements, so like open ladders and umbrellas and stuff like that that are involved in real superstitions, but I'm thinking of some sort of like a proceduralization where every time you load it up, different objects are enchanted in different ways. Ah. So I, I want to encourage kind of exploration and experimentation. I want to put people under a time pressure I don't want everything to be so clearly telegraphed that like you can definitely tell after touching something that it is or is not cursed or whatever. Um, But, uh, you know, just kind of an accumulative, my luck is getting worse based on other things that are happening. So I don't really know how to best communicate that. I don't want it to be like super obvious, but I just want you to kind of get that sense that I just made things a little worse, you know?
1: I wonder if this has room for almost like the Stanley parable where there's there's some fourth wall breaking thing of like, as you do something, you hear a crowd of people, like an audience sound shocked or something that you've done it. I don't know how to do that without making it very obvious that
0: the object that I just interacted with is the one that caused this. You know, right. I, I feel like if I was kind of dealing with multiple objects as I walked through a room and then all of a sudden, like, you know, my guy stubs his toe on a stair or something, then it's like, okay, so I can narrow it down of the last three objects that I touched, you know, something in there did this, but I don't know exactly which one it is. So I want some level of deductive reasoning instead of just like a pure input-output type thing. I'm
1: trying to think about how to, how to fulfill that without like, giving everything away as to what's yeah. <laughs> happening. How, how do you imagine I interact with objects in this world? Is it like that I have a standard set of interactions and I can just do that with kind of everything because there's superstitions, like kind of a childhood one. That's just a, maybe it's more of a saying. The superstition is step on a crack, break your mother's back. You heard yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I did that voice. It just came <laughs> out of me. So, Yeah. Like what is the equivalent of that? I wonder.
0: Yeah. Maybe there are like four action buttons for every object, like kind of like a monkey Island verb tree where, you know, you can hold it, you can lick it or whatever the, uh, the actions are and it would be pretty applicable to everything. Um, And then some of them would kind of just detect like where you're standing or if you move over or under something Um, that would be picked up as well.
1: I like the idea of maybe getting through, it kind of is at odds with the procedural generation, but the ability to kind of get through a level and then like see the result of what happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's to a person or what, like that seems a little like maybe grotesque and personal, but uh, like actually seeing, oh, the you know, you ended up getting bad luck for X amount of years or something like that. So maybe there's some kind of visual signifier when you do something wrong, but maybe it happens in such a delayed way that only- There could be
0: ways to mitigate bad luck. Like if you throw salt over your shoulder after, I don't remember all the, I've never been like a superstitious person necessarily. So I don't remember all the rules to things, but um, you know, there are some ways that you can mitigate some of the ways that things go poorly and so i'm thinking because i don't want to discourage experimentation i don't necessarily want the consequences to all be based on one on the the player character because yeah. if you are kind of encouraged to experiment with everything and you know it's weighted in a way that there are just as many like good actions as bad actions then you would always come out with neutral luck or if there's more bad actions than good actions you would just and it would just be kind of like a luck thing And it would uh, kind of punish you for exploring in a way. Um, But if you had to, at the end of whatever, like three minute session, come up with like a, like put together a telegram or something you're sending to the president or something like that. And, you know, you have to select like certain words and match them in like a tree of like verb noun is good luck. Verb noun is bad luck. And then you can see based on that, like how much you got right. And, you know, you can see like the geopolitical consequences or send it to somebody on their wedding day and see, you know, what happens in that. case. so you're kind of like a a luck weatherman in a way.
1: This is kind of interesting. What if... I'm I'm thinking about P.T. as a reference point here. <laughs> okay. So what if you <laughs> had like you here. <laughs> the same kind of torture room or whatever? It doesn't have to actually be scary in any way, but um, you could even think of it as like a portal type of puzzle room, but it's one that you like spend, like you said, two, three minutes, very short amount of time. Kind of navigating through interacting with in some way, maybe each pass you only get a limited number of interactions, and then when you kind of leave the room, you see you got like this amount of years of bad luck, and so from that, you're like, okay, now on my second lap through the room. You see if you can get that number oh, to okay. go or yeah. down. And so it almost becomes like troubleshooting code uh, or something where you're kind of like going through and you're like, I know something I'm doing is wrong here, but I need to sort of QA my way through it to figure out what's going on. Or it's like that game Password, I think, or maybe, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing, but
0: you could play with either like letters or numbers where there's a sequence of like five numbers and you would guess what they are. And then somebody would say like, you know, the third digit is correct. All the rest are wrong. And so you have to, or one of them is in the wrong place, but it's the correct digit. Um, So, you know, thinking about things that way, it could be interesting. Um, But yeah, this, this idea that, you know, maybe not even all of the objects are the same. Each pass through this room. Um, I would like also, if it wasn't so numerical, like so-and-so years of bad luck, if it was just like, a little funny story description. Like on the way out of the room, you had a bucket of water dumped on you. <laughs> and you can kind of infer based on like how bad the action is if you like broke your leg or if you got a call that your mother broke broke her back or something, then uh you can say, oh, something in there was really, really bad. I should try to really isolate and see what that is.
1: You know what? That's okay. So I think we're really getting to something here. So the what if each time you kind of make your way through one of these little rooms. It's relatively quick. And then you get a round of feedback and the feedback is stuff happening to you. It's like you get a Mm -hmm. little bit of a shock or you get like slime dumped on you or you get like, you know, scared or something like that. And, um, but each time the consequences of different things is random. Uh, and what I mean by that is like per puzzle. So every puzzle, getting slime dumped on you actually correlates to something specific that you did. So that that way, every kind of puzzle, you could technically randomly generate as many puzzles as you wanted to, but then for every type of feedback, you're kind of doing two rounds. One is like dissecting what you did and the other is dissecting what the feedback is. And as you kind of do that, it's almost like learning an alien language. You're like, okay, this seems to be the good stuff. This seems to be the stuff that I'm doing not so well.
0: I also wonder if, if there are some things that seem bad at first that might have like long-term payoff. So like if you, if you get shocked, but then when you go to the shock ward, like, you know, two rounds later, you end up like meeting the love of your life or something like that. Like that would ultimately be a lucky action that happened. And and you can think back like, was the original shock like actually not a bad thing? Or was it something that I did since that mitigated the badness of it? That might get too complicated.
1: We got to make your playable character like a robot or a zombie or something. So you don't feel bad when all this torture's <laughs> happening to you.
0: We're just a cartoon character.
1: Yeah, like a wily go. coyote. So, you know, they'll bounce Bubsie. back. They'll be fine.
0: <laughs> That's right. Mega bubsy. Nobody will feel bad at all. Um, okay. That's time. So let's, um, let's think of a good thing to call this game. I feel like there's a lot of good, a lot of good names out there. Um, I really like something maybe like feedback loop. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's better than I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking of something like unluckable, but that's,
1: uh, it's treading some ground i think <laughs> i think feedback loop is kind of fun right because it's it's yeah. diagnosis and it's also um the the journey that you're taking it's diagnosis and also murder so yes <laughs> let's, let's do
0: that feedback loop let's go now to our audience and see what y'all have to say today this is a pitch that we received from the community as we do every week, if anyone is new from, um, from our two year special, which I know that we've been, um, pushing a little bit more than we usually do our, our regular shows because it's a lot of fun. It was a good show, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think. So if we have any new listeners, then we would encourage you to get in touch, send in your own Video game ideas—they don't have to be fully formed. They can be barely formed, as some of ours are, <laughs> oftentimes. But uh, yeah, we we love hearing from new people. We love getting all kinds of crazy uh, pitches. So um, yeah, you can. Uh, there are multiple ways to get in touch with us. You can go on our website. You can email us. You can tweet us, and we will give you all those details after uh, after this. This one comes from Jim Provisor who posted on our website, playwrightcast.com slash pitch, who says, Splatboard Kids, a mashup of Splatoon and Snowboard Kids 1080 SSX. You race down Splatoon-inspired downhill tracks in solo or team races where your speed is affected by the color of the track, which is in turn affected by the tricks you do. Believe it or not, this came to me in a dream during the lead-up to E3 this year. I think you're very much Jim provisor. This actually reminds me of, like, of a game that we've pitched before, and I'm really excited to get into this. So, um, again, we've done a lot of episodes at this point, and so some ideas will have aspects of familiarity, but, you know, we've never hit upon things that uh, that have ever been exactly the same, and it just comes down to us taking it in a different direction. So... Um, let's, uh, let's kick this one off and get it going. Starting the clock now.
1: I really like this. That what is the racing game that was recently done on switch that was about driving in the same color tracks, or was that one of our pitches that you're referring to?
0: I think we had pitched something very similar and then, that game was announced and I highlighted again on the show because I'm like, Oh, look at this. It's the same thing. It's so we cool. Did it. Yeah, I know. It feels so validated whenever like somebody who actually knows what they're doing <laughs> uses an idea that we've done before, because it's like, Hey, we're not completely idiots. Right. <laughs> um, that game is called trailblazers. It is a, uh, a kind of futuristic hover car racing game, kind of like an F zero or an extreme G or something like that, or Wipeout. Um, It's a better reference than extreme G whatever Uh, the in which you it's kind of a team based racing game I believe and you can choose to either paint the track behind you and go a little bit slower or to kind of you know go faster and then as you ride in um, in uh, in spaces on the course that you had painted in previous laps or that your teammates had painted in front of you then you get a bit of a speed boost. Um, I think there's also similar mechanics in the new team Sonic racing that,
1: uh, that is out now, I believe some good drafting mechanics or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, this has, uh, been explored before, but I, I really like that this incorporates some element of, uh, kind of like the Tony Hawk game graffiti or tag battle or whatever the, whatever that multiplayer mode was where you're kind of like, where doing tricks is a part of kind of building up a, a layer of paint or something like that. Um, in uh, in Tony Hawk, you would do tricks off of objects in this kind of open world environment to claim them as your own. And then whoever had more objects in the end was going to be the winner. We could go in a similar route, but the problem with that is that snowboarding is all downhill. And so there's no like revisiting objects that had been already Claimed so, right? You know, once you're past something, it, it's really gone. So this is really one-time use. We have to really emphasize teamwork. We have to make sure that it is completely worth it to paint the ground behind you because it's not a multi-use thing like it is in uh, other types of racing games or other types of competitive games.
1: One of the things that I think is interesting about the Splatoon mechanics of painting is the idea of having to refill like you don't have this unlimited painting sort of way. so I wonder if Jim uh, improviser is thinking about tricks kind of as a refill mechanic mm-hmm. like and you can kind of maybe there's like grinding on rails is essentially what like paints. I know this is snowboarding so grinding on uh, ice uh, <laughs> is uh, is what I think paints solar or maybe
0: rails at least if my SSX memory is, Uh, serving me well.
1: Right. Um, Although they might be giant logs or something. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you can kind of like paint different colors or maybe hold down a button and release paint. But it's uh, it's tricks that have to refill the paint. That could be kind of cool.
0: Yeah. So let's see. So what I'm thinking just as like initial thoughts without really giving it a ton of thought is that because the, because it's all downhill again, one-time use, I really want to like not discourage painting as much as possible. Cause it feels already like it's such like a niche use case. Like you you have to have somebody like immediately behind you to that can really make use of it. Uh, and you know, if these are kind of like big mountains and, and snowboards are are pretty narrow, like I I really want to make sure that it is, that they're getting something out of painting. So I don't know if I necessarily want to want to put limiting factors on the paint. I, I want people to be like throwing paint down all the time because we really want to like get the most out of that mechanic. But maybe there are like special attacks. Uh, maybe, the, maybe writing in your color charges up like a boost meter, or maybe it charges up like you get like a paint overflow. So the more that you are in somebody else's paint, the more paint you can leave behind you and then it's kind of like in a relay race like the third person like way in the back of the pack that really gets the benefit because they can ride in the first person leaves behind kind of a narrow trail of paint the second person is absorbing that paint and leaving behind like a wider trail and then the third person is like tearing it up they're getting the benefit of both the people in front of them and so maybe it could be like um like they pick up such a speed boost that they speed past the first two and then all of a sudden they're in front and they have to take on that role and responsibility.
1: You know what, H, hear me out. We have been kind of maybe a little bit mentally fixed that we're always going to be painting behind us. What if we could (laughs) actually have a little bit more of like, okay, that classic James Bond villain chasing where all the guys are chasing him with Uzis down downhill. (laughs) And you could actually Splatoon style, like shoot in front of you to keep painting. I like that. Yeah. So you get kind of like a spy hunter type of mechanic. So yeah,
0: maybe you can, uh, maybe you have, so one stick controls your, your snowboard left and right down this mountain, one stick, controls the aim of your gun kind of left and right in a very arcadey kind of way and maybe you can even shoot you know in front of you behind you and then maybe the different triggers you have one that's like an oil slick that helps you go faster and one that's like a tar or something that you can shoot that will slow people down if you shoot right in front of them and cause
1: them to like
0: kind of flip head over heels like you would see in a James Bond chase. <laughs> yeah.
1: That could be kind of cool and now you kind of get yourself in a in something that maybe feels a little bit like you could. Now you could actually like have a downhill race. You could actually shoot somebody else and like splat them you could shoot uh for in front of teammates and speed them up as well as Mm -hmm. uh duck under one of your colors so you still get all that sort of feeling uh you get of navigating a splatoon level but it's almost like um one of those mario levels where you're just constantly being pushed forward no matter what uh let's see i want to bring up okay a game called onrush did you ever play any of that that might be the game that I was just thinking about. This is like the, um, okay. <laughs> you can, you're faster when you're inside your own track, right? Uh, well,
0: that's I, not, it's a, it's a bit different. Um, on Rush is a car combat game, kind of like a burnout or something like that. It's oh, okay. all set with like kind of off road type of vehicles. And it's set in these kind of natural environments rather than like city streets, like you would see in a burnout. But, um, it was a, uh, It was a multiplayer-only type of game that came out last year, I believe. Um, It's been on uh, Game Pass and um, PS Plus, so you might own it. Uh, But it's kind of a cool, you know, it is a, well, it's not really a racing game. You are in cars. You are moving in one direction. It's not an open-world type of environment like you would see in a demolition derby type thing, but you know, there's this always kind of pressing forward momentum, but you aren't really ranked on how many people you pass, you're ranked on how many people you side check or whatever. And so there's kind of an endless stream of, of uh, enemies, and you're encouraged to, you know, just drive into them and and ruin their day. But you're always kind of moving forward, you're always encouraged to go fast, because the person's going faster has the stronger, stronger bashing attacks and everything. So you know, it, it does a really good job of, you know, putting you back in the pack when you are taken out because it doesn't matter where in the ranking you are, like in a regular racing game, it can put you, it can put you in front for all they care because you're not, you know, being ranked that way. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking that's a a good point of reference for this type of thing.
1: Okay. So there's kind of combat happening and then there's what are some of the split splatoon or you always say splatoon, right? I'm I don't know if I'm mispronouncing <laughs> it. What are some of the splatoon like aspects that that don't that aren't a part of onrush that would kind of enhance that experience?
0: I think shooting because there's no shooting in onrush is not like a twisted metal type of game. Um, that is a big difference. I also like that it's environmental shooting and not like shooting at the people. Like you could, obviously, but that's not the most effective way. I like planting traps and setting yourself up for boosts rather than shooting somebody because there are so many of those types of games already. Right. I think that's, yeah, those elements make this like a unique thing that I think is pretty cool.
1: I think that that would be neat. And then you have kind of right along with that, the ability to speed yourself up speed up other people and then (laughs) i almost wonder if like uh instead of different types of guns you could get yourself more like different types of ways to like go downhill like a like a luge versus a uh, a set of skis versus a snowboard and that like affects how you actually move and navigate around the environment and play with like that mechanic of Splatoon?
0: Yeah, you can like jump in and out of different vehicles, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's that's all the time that we have there. We have to um we have to cross the finish line and see what kind of damage we left behind us. So this uh this turned into a very different type type of game. So let's come up with a name. Um recommends Splatboard Kids, uh which is pretty good actually. I don't know still, if we can still talk works. That, I, yeah. <laughs> Um, if you don't have any other better ideas, I am okay going
1: with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's, let's go with it because I, everything I have in my head is like splatoon downhill or some really on the nose thing. That's no good. Very good. This is Jim Provisors, Splatboard
0: Kids. And like we said before, you can email in your own idea for a video game. You can send that to playwright.com or sorry, playwrightcast.com slash pitch can send it to playwrightcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at playwrightcast. In all of those instances, it is P L A Y W R I T
1: E C A S T. Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off that album, Blue Noise. And of course, special thank you to the Cane and Rinse Podcast Network. With wonderful shows that you should go listen to, like the Kane. That sounded sarcastic. That's actually really. good. <laughs> <laughs> They're all really good. Um, <laughs> the Kane and Rins. Just go go. You know, go to karenrins.com. I don't think I've plugged the website before. You'll be able to listen to everything as well as great articles. I think a person who's been a guest on our show before, Charlotte uh, Cuts, just did an interview on one of mm-hmm. the podcasts. Isn't that right? Did she That's do right, yeah. an interview extra? So um, that was really cool. And um, there's a lot of content, you guys. Sausage Factory, they interview game developers. Uh Kane and Rinse, there's a Patreon. There's even Q&As and stuff that you can interact with all the people behind the scenes. It's it's really wild and sound to play, which is even more of H over here.
0: That's right. If you can't get enough of me. <laughs> there's, if you can't get are, enough of you. Can't get enough of H. That's right. Anyways, let's take us out of the show today with the miniature pitch. Q, why don't you take us out?
1: This is just, it's a pitch and a PSA. A game where you play (laughs) as sunblock and you go around protecting beachgoers in the summer. And of course, you can switch over to aloe to heal all of those that you may have (laughs) missed in your first pass.
0: Very interesting. I like that. That might be worth a full... (laughs) <laughs> examination one of these times <laughs> for sure so the wet weather is certainly we're in the dead of well not the dead of summer just yet but it's starting to feel like it
1: oh yeah turn on that ac
0: that's right well we will uh, catch you next time thanks for joining us
1: bye, bye.